Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Good morning, everybody. My name is Mark Pope. I'm the lead pastor at the church. Good to see you. Yep, appreciate you. Yeah, so just a couple things from me. If you are brand new to the church, welcome. We hope that you have a good experience with us today. And for those of you who've been around for a while, welcome. We still hope that you have a good experience today as well. Uh, Today's service will have some of the typical elements that we do at church here at the Vineyard, but also some special things. Now, see, in just a minute, you should get ready to clap because this is one of those fun. This weekend is Baptism Weekend. Yes. Did a great job. That was a great cue. Uh, So we are going to get to hear some testimonies about God's activity in, uh, in lives around us. In fact, this afternoon, we have about 50 people planning to get baptized, which is very exciting for us. By the way, I forgot to welcome those online. Those of you that are tuning in online, we're glad to have you as well. And so that's our plan for the day. We'll do some worship. We'll listen to testimonies and then... Uh, Most of us will head up to the lake to uh, have some great food and some fun and some rain and some, it's, oh wait, somebody just told me it's not going to rain, so we're good with that, but we do have uh, some tents and stuff to keep the food under. We're just going to, we're just, likely we're just going to go for this, so, Uh, and it's it's at the lake anyway, so we'll all, maybe we'll all get baptized by the rain. Uh, That should be a great time. Um. Okay, we're going to, just to get a taste of what's coming, I'm going to invite Eva to come up, and she's going to share our first testimony of the day. Eva, look, they're applauding you already. It's great. So everybody say, hi, Eva. Good morning, everyone. My testimony is a very difficult one, so I might read the first part and then ask Mark to step in. I was raised in a church that believed in baptizing an infant. From a very young age, I have always felt the call of God. When I was young, my mother would drop me off at church on Sunday so that I could attend the service. I married at the age of 22, and right from the start, it was a troubled marriage. I was searching for answers, searching for God to heal my marriage. I accepted Jesus in my heart, but with the problems of life, I never really grew in the Lord. After 40 years of an unhealthy and toxic relationship, I moved on. I realized that I was dying inside emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I prayed that Jesus would not allow Satan to destroy my faith. Can you do it? I can try, but if, I'll try. My true testing came when my beloved son Brad was murdered in his home. On October 6, 2020. Okay. (laughs) Stay here. Stay here. So, uh, she writes, My true testing came when my beloved son, Brad, was murdered in his home. It was October 6, 2020. Brad was the most important person in my life besides Jesus. And I couldn't understand why God would allow Satan to take my son Through grief share, that's a class we do at the church, 
I came to realize that Brad had never belonged to me, that he was a gift from God. Jesus is bringing life back into these dry bones, and, and I have hope again. I am seeing God moving in the lives of my family members as prayer group and church members are praying for them. He is breathing life into my dry bones. Satan tried to destroy me, but God came to my rescue through this community of believers, and I praise his holy name. Everybody say hi, Vicky. Hello. <laughs> are you, are you, okay, you good? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. All right. All right. Okay, so first baptized as an infant. Do I remember anything about that? Of course not. Second baptism, around age 24, baptized in a Southern Baptist church. I thought I was really on fire for the Lord back then. Did I get it then? Nope. You see, my Christian life and my world life were two separate entities. Thinking I was living for the Lord and at the same time loving what the world had to offer was how I lived my life for many years. Hold on just a second. It's humming. I'm going to move this up just a little closer because your story's really important. Does that make it, does that worse now that it's even closer? Okay. Hello. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Now you can maybe take it back a little bit. All right. Thank you. Um, I was not living a lifestyle that God intended. I ended up in a couple of ditches from driving after drinking too much, had a selfish nature, and so many other things. The world and its ways had the best of me. But there was this tug. I always felt this tug. I felt unsettled. Did I recognize it then? I don't think so. It wasn't until I really spiraled into deep depression and anxiety that I heard God speak loud and clear. I was missing work and was struggling with everyday activities. I didn't realize it at that moment, but God picked me up and started me on a journey that totally changed my life. It started when he led me to a Christian therapist for my depression and anxiety. My therapist guided me through a very intense program and we talked about God working in my life. As I got better, my therapist suggested to me that I should try the Vineyard Church. She did not attend here. After our last session, she hugged me and sent me on our way. Sent me on my way. <laughs> that, next Sunday, that next Sunday, in May of 2017, I walked into the Grape Road campus and never looked back. I immediately got connected by joining a Vineyard group that very day. It just so happened that they were having sign-ups for groups in the atrium that Sunday. Truly a God thing. After attending the group for a while, one of my friends from the group suggested healing prayer night at the vineyard for me. My life was forever changed that night. Another God thing. All of these things that were happening in my life were truly out of character for me. It was not any of my doing. It was God's doing. He put people and places in my life one right after another. I felt like he put me on a fast track to live for him and him alone. Do I regret not getting here sooner? I did at first, but now I realize that this was God's plan for me and age did not matter. I feel like I can still make a difference for God's kingdom. When I get baptized for the third time, I will rejoice learning more and more about what that means living a life that Jesus intended for me. Also, no, living, no longer living for this world, but living for Jesus. My, my life is now so focused 
on loving others like I have never loved before, giving back like I have never done before, and helping move the kingdom of God forward in any way I can, as much as I can. This is where my true happiness lies. I thank God every day for saving me. I thank God for never giving up on me. I thank God for putting so many inspirational Christian friends in my life. Don't ever give up hope. I didn't think I could ever change. By God's grace, I am a changed person. The world's temptations will always be there. The devil is on my heels. I will fall at times and have hard days, but I know God will pick me right back up. With God's armor, I will rest with the assurance that he will protect me. I continue looking forward to living for God and ultimately spending eternity with him. Everybody say, hi, Christina. Oops, there you go. Step on up there. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Christina, and this is my testimony. Um, so I grew up in a Methodist church. I was christened as a baby, um, went to church every Sunday, was confirmed at my church, um, avid churchgoer with my family. And then my senior year of high school, my grandfather passed away. Um, and my grandfather was a very important person in my life. We were very close. Um, he was my person, my best friend, kind of always there for me. And so instead of doing what I should have done as a Christian and relying on God to help me um, through that hard time, I turned and I ran far away. <laughs> um, and I never stepped foot back in a church. I became very reckless um, in my behavior. I pushed away my parents, all of my friends, people that were trying to be there um, and be supportive of me. And um, then I went to college and I met my now fiance, Patrick. And he was a little bit wild as well when I first met him. And I was like, great, this is the person that I need in my life. We can be crazy together, it's gonna be great. And then Patrick asked me to go to church with him and his family. And I was like, nope, not doing it, sorry, I'm out. And he kept asking, and he was so persistent. And so eventually, I did go back to church um, in Fort Wayne with his parents. And I remember walking into church for the first time in probably almost two years, um, and being so overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, everybody here knows how reckless I am, how horrible I am, um, just thinking everybody was judging me. Nobody knew my story, so nobody knew that was the case. Um, but I remember being awkward time and time again, going back to church, like never really being all there, never listening to the message. Um, and then we moved up to South Bend and started church hopping to find our forever church. Um, and we came to the vineyard. And I remember walking in and being overwhelmed again, but not in a sense that everyone here was judging me. Um, it was more of like a peaceful, like, this is your place. Um, and I remember walking through the front, front doors and the little voice in my head was like, pay attention today. This message, this place, this is for you. Um, so then um, Patrick and I became members of the church and um, that's when I met Leah. <laughs> and um, I was uh, hoping to be on the worship team and Leah was like, hey, let's get to know each other a little better. Um, so then we went to lunch and we were talking about my journey. And she asked me if I had ever said, um, uh, you know, accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior out loud. And I was thinking and, um, you know, looking back on my journey, I've never said that out loud. I've sat in a church pew and, you know, oh yeah, I accept God. And I've never actually said that out loud. So um, 
Wednesday, March 3rd, after Leah and I had lunch, we went out to her car, um, and she prayed with me, and I said out loud that I accept God um, as my Savior. And, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, so, then after that, you know, my life turned around. We've been growing. Um, Patrick and I have been growing in our faith. I've been growing in my relationship. We have two boys who absolutely love coming here. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> Everybody say hi, Gabe. I promised the oldest one not to do a dab. So. <laughs> um, my name's Gabe. Um, I've been saved a long time ago, uh, back in seventh grade. And this baptism thing, it never occurred to me until the Cora there, in her little way, insisted encouragement, a relentless encouragement. Daddy, you got to get this. Yeah, she's getting baptized tomorrow. You have to get baptized, too, to show the church that you're awesome. So, and uh, and um, I'm like, well, I don't know. But um, she encouraged me to, so here we are. We're getting baptized tomorrow. Um, in seventh grade, I was... Uh, bullied, I was by myself, and I was saved on a school bus on the way to a track meet. I was by myself, there was no, no lights or fireworks or anything like that. But from that point on, my life did change. It hasn't always been smooth. Vicki shared that earlier. And, um, but here we are. Um, it took many years later, and a 10-year-old to push me into the actual the baptism thing. So um, that's my story. Hi, Cora. Everybody say, hi, Cora. Hi. Um, my name is Cora. Before I became a Christian, I didn't follow God. At home, I would lie when I did something wrong. At school, I was different, so I'd lie to fit in. But when I was in third grade, I lost my best friend. Right then, I knew something had to change. When I came to the Vineyard Church, I learned that if I wanted to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I need to become a Christian. It was Saturday, April 3rd, 2021, when I became a, when I became a Christian, and now, and now, and now, out of every living and non-living thing, Jesus is the most important thing to me. That's great. Hi, Adeline. Hi. Everybody say hi, Adeline. There you go. You know what? I'll hold this. There, I'll just hold it like this so you can read. At the kids' Easter party, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I am seven years old. I felt, felt so happy when Jesus went into my heart. I am so much ha happier since I gave my life to Jesus I am more able to see other people's problems, and, and I know better how to help them. Awesome. You got help there coming in? You the, you the support here? Everybody say hi, Michelle. I think so. I'll move it here. Okay. 
My encounter with Jesus started at a young age. I remember going to church with my parents as a child and attending Sunday school. Since then, I have always been a believer in Christ, but felt that I have gone off track with living my life the way God commands it. I see my future with following Christ as praising him every day and not just seeking him when going through a difficult time. Continuing to pray and teaching my future children the word of God are important values for my life with Christ. I look forward to experiencing the joy, peace, love, and happiness to come from dedicating my life to Jesus. Hey, David. How's it going, man? Are you nervous? Uh, slightly. <laughs> Everybody say, don't be nervous, David. Uh, that didn't help at all, did it? Oh, well, nice. No, not at all. Hi, I'm David. Um, my life started out in a normal manner by appearances. Underneath was a world of worry, fear, chaos, and no re relationship with God. Church was not part of our life. I grew up learning to worship things, money, and appearances. Fast forward to 2017, several life-changing events happened. God plucked me out of my former life in Detroit and brought me here to Mishawaka. I came to the vineyard in 2018 and have never looked back, learning to trust, hand over finances, letting go of worry, and learning humility. I am, I am in awe of the changes in my life and excited for the future walking with Jesus Christ. On over, Ariel. We'll wait for everybody to kind of gather over there so there's no distractions. But... <laughs> you okay? What? I said just bright lights, right? Yeah. Everybody say hi, Ariel. Hi. I was 17 years old, a junior in high school, when I was in a terrible car accident where I should not have made it out alive. The day during the accident, with the car flipping over and over and over, I made the life-changing decision to give my life to our Lord Jesus Christ. I had went to church every other weekend and to youth group on Wednesdays, but never fully committed to the Lord till that day. Before I committed my life, I used to get very angry and lash out, but ever since I committed my life to Jesus Christ, I no longer want to lash out and fight. I've been able to take a deep breath and find a better way to handle situations now. Awesome. Everybody say, hi, Shay. Hi. My name is Shaylin Whitmer. I am 11 years old. And when I was at Wave, a church camp, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. When the Lord tested me to see if, I w if everything was okay, and I wanted to make sure that I was going on the right path, and I was not doing very good, but then I changed, like, out of nowhere. And I'm going to... I am grateful for all he has done and for everything that he has done for me and others. Awesome. Thanks, Shay. Come on over, Ian. Everybody say hi, Ian. Hi, Ian. Step right up here, buddy. Before I, was before I was saved, I felt empty. I knew there was something missing. So one Sunday, Pastor Andrew asked my class if anyone was not saved. And that was when I surrendered my life to God. Good job. 
everybody say hi, Sophia. Hey. <laughs> I grew up knowing the basics of Christianity, but when my parents split up, my life was completely changed. I became angry and unwilling to be vulnerable enough to accept the love and healing that God was offering me. About a year ago, I began attending the vineyard, where I experienced community and the Holy Spirit in amazing new ways. And I'm really excited to see how, con how he continues to work in my life and the people around me. Great. Everybody say hi, Brenda. Hello. Um, I grew up in a Catholic church, and I attended it with my family. I attended catechism classes. Then I joined the military, attended church off and on, got married, joined a Lutheran church, raised my children in the church. Jesus called me to be a witness to the children through Sunday school. There I felt my calling, love being a witness to the children. Then after a painful divorce, I drifted away from God again. And in 2014, I moved to Indiana to be close to my mom and dad. My siblings soon followed, which was a blessing. I slowly felt the calling back to the Lord after dealing with anxiety, panic attacks, loneliness, sadness, depression, and hopelessness, which I know now was a strong attack from Satan. I have joined the Vineyard Church and have fully accepted the Lord Jesus as my Savior, and he has pulled me from the most challenging, dark time of my life to the most joyous time now until I join him again in paradise. Hi, Phyllis. Everybody say, hi, Phyllis. Hi. My first relationship with Jesus started at age six. I felt like Jesus was my friend, and I found myself talking and praying to Jesus daily. I grew up. I would ask Jesus for strength to get me through a bad marriage and the courage to stay sober and not give in to the dark side of the bottle. After divorce, I encountered a bad relationship, and three years later, another rotten relationship. I prayed to Jesus and I removed myself from his house and had to move in with family members and let Jesus heal me before I moved into my own place. I was always talking with Jesus' friend and he told me to seek a church and begin healing through him. I found out my brother, who is older, was a church member. He asked me to come after I talked with him and once I had a Baptist church that was my own but moving away from Lakeville I could not continue I continued talking with Jesus and I just think that the vineyard is a church I found my strength to surrender my life and dedication to Jesus and to repent and ask Jesus to be my savior for the second time I will be baptized great Everybody say hi, Ron. How you doing tonight? Um, I know everybody knows I'm a man of very few words, of course, everyone that knows me. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm rededicating my life to God, and basically, I just wanted to thank everyone for being so wonderful in this community and in the church that has helped me through to make this decision, especially my wife and my son. That's awesome.
Most of my early years, even before I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, at 13 years old and baptized, my family, family was very involved in First Baptist Church in Niles before I accepted Christ into my life. I'm ready to give myself and my soul to your church and God. My journey with God has been amazing my whole life. I know for the first time in my life, I can't run due to having my back fused. And I ran for 44 years and eight marathons, and this was the time of prayer. I now hang up my shoes and pick up the cross and walk with God until my last breath. I'm now walking hand in hand with God. Everybody say hi, Patrick. Hey, everyone. Just a little closer, yeah. All right. All right. When I was 21, I knew I was not who I wanted to be or where I wanted to be at. I was young, lost, and alone in my addiction to drugs and alcohol, with no family support and no real friends. I knew there was a God, but I did not know or how or what he could do. I knew he died for my sins and he was a savior and a forgiver. I was in and out of jail most of my 20s due to my addiction that completely took over, took control of my life for about 10 years. I was not ready to fully commit myself. I was drowning in my own mess, still alone. It was not until about four years ago I finally realized that I wanted to change. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I wanted a new way of life. I wanted to follow God. I needed forgiveness and love. An everlasting Father, I wanted to be saved. I will never forget that day when I got on my knees and I prayed to Jesus for the first time in many years. It was then I acknowledged him and put everything at his feet. I will not forget that feeling that overcame me. I knew my life has changed forever. All my worries turned into possibilities. My self-doubt turned to aspirations and goals. I was not fighting alone anymore. My fears washed away. I understood God's mercy, grace, and love. It is something to this day I will not forget, how I had the Holy Spirit flowing through me. I, for the first time, felt joy, and only God brings that. From that moment, my life has changed for the better. It has not been easy, though. Uh, though, I can proudly, proudly and humbly say I am going on four years clean. And I am with the love of my life. And we just had our first child together, Amelia, who is a blessing. Oh. We have been together now for over seven years. And we are both continuing our recovery and journey, life journey together. My spouse is a peer recovery coach who helps assist people who are trying to overcome their addiction, addiction problems. And I work part-time as a transitional 
I work at a transition house called Dismas House of South Bend. I tell Kayla every day that I am so happy and blessed to be on this adventure with her and now our beautiful daughter, Amelia. Though I could have not done this, any of this, without our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I also wanted to read this verse and poem that has helped me along the way. Uh, the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to, you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. This is the poem that has helped me along the way. Life without God was a crazy spin, a downward spiral drowning in sin. I needed salvation, but I didn't know it. My smile said I was okay, was okay, but my heart did not show it. My life became darker, and I could not see the light. I tried all the wrong things to make me feel right. When it all fell apart, I could take no more. In tears, I heard the knocking on my heart's door. Out of the gloom, I found the Lord's saving grace, and now a genuine smile decorates my face. For I have the Father, the Holy Spirit, for I have the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in me. Everybody say, hi, Lucy. Hi, my name is Lucy, and this is my testimony. Since I let Jesus into my heart, it's been easier to get through hard things. I have a lot of medical struggles, and I know Jesus and God have helped me through all of that. I've been through a lot of tests and seen a lot of doctors. Jesus knows what is going to happen, and I can trust him. That's great. Thanks, Lucy. Good job. Thanks. Hey, Lucy. Come here back. Come back for a minute. Are you you're going through tests and stuff? Uh-huh. Okay. Hey, okay, church, online, let's just pray for Lucy for a minute. All right, so, Father, we just pray for Lucy. We ask that you would bring healing into her life. We thank you for the physicians, but we also know, God, sometimes you just jump in the middle of it and make things better instantly. So we as a church, we take, I don't know, 150, 200, 300 people now, and we just pray a blessing on Lucy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks, Lucy. Everybody say hi, Shauna. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Shauna. Before committing my life to Jesus Christ, I always felt I was a good person, but I always felt like something was missing and I was meant to do something so much more. My older brother Kyle invited me to church here at the vineyard about a year ago. I saw the joy it was bringing him, so I was eager to join. My first service, I was excited, nervous, and anxious. Singing out loud, tears fell down my face and I didn't even know why, but I knew it felt amazing. After each service, my brother and I would discuss the message. I watched my brother, who once seemed so sad and angry at the world, smile from ear to ear and so excited about Jesus and God. That alone was enough for me to know I, too, needed Jesus in my life. It all clicked that my feelings of emptiness and depression was simply from not having Jesus and God in my life. It has only been a few months, but it has been the best couple months of my life. I feel excited, relief, and confident in the life I am living and eager to continue on this journey. Wow. Hey, Kyle. Everybody say hi, Kyle. Good morning, everyone. Since a little kid, I've always been a believer of God and Jesus. I grew up in a Catholic household and regularly attended church and Sunday school every Sunday. <clears throat> Our family did this till about the age of 12, but around that time, my parents decided the best thing for them was to separate and file for a divorce. 
At this point, because of everything going on with our family, we stopped attending church and Sunday school altogether. Without even realizing it, I had begun to drift from my relationship with God. From middle school all the way to about the age of 24, I found myself getting into a lot of trouble. I was hanging out with the wrong crowds and doing things that I knew deep down were wrong. <clears throat> One night, I had felt like I'd hit complete rock bottom, and I knew the lifestyle I was living was not for me, and that I needed to ask God for forgiveness and accept Jesus back into my heart. At that moment, I just remember looking up and asking God to forgive me for my sins I'd committed. Right then and there, something happened to me that I couldn't explain. I felt this sense of hope and fear that everything was going to be just fine. From then to about the age of 26, my relationship with God was great. Then unexpectedly, my grandma, who was like a mom to me, had passed away. For the next four years, I got caught up in the, my old ways and started to slip from God. I would attend church on and off, and I was just putting in the bare minimum to, to, in my walk with Christ. Until recently, about a year ago, I decided to recommit my life to Christ. Since making this decision, my life has been so much more peaceful, and I felt happiness like I could, I've never experienced before. My walk with Christ has changed my life in ways I could never imagine. I will forever be thankful and grateful for God's love and patience that he has provided to me. That's Thank you. Awesome. Hi, Kayla. Are you nervous? Yeah, just a little. Just a little. Everybody say hi, Kayla. Um, hi, my name's Kayla. There you go. Good? Okay. Um, my life before finding Jesus Christ was beyond messy, to say the very least. I grew up in a single-parent home where faith wasn't really spoken about but almost expected to have. <clears throat> I was raised by a single mother who was forced to work far too many hours, and eventually in stepped a man who willingly took my sister and I under his wing. He shortly passed away from an unexpected brain aneurysm, which was when my faith quickly dwindled. Twenty-some years later, one failed marriage and two insanely beautiful sons, I felt I was left at the same spot my mother once was in. Questions with no answers, a constant, restless, unfulfilled heart and soul, and popped Kyle. Watching him live his life solely for Christ really made me want to do the same. Being able to watch him live for Jesus and God and also watching the both of them live through him was what truly helped guide me on this glorious journey. Since accepting Jesus and God back into my life, I no longer have an empty heart. Even on my worst days, I know I'm never alone. My entire soul is finally feeling fulfilled, and I'm no longer questioning my existence. I no longer run from difficult obstacles, and I know now that's simply because our Father's constant love and grace, and for that, I'm forever thankful. That's awesome. Everybody say hi, Wendy. Hi, everybody. You know it. My name's Wendy. <laughs> My testimony is really rather straightforward. <clears throat> I always knew I would be baptized here at the vineyard. It was a matter of when, and now I know the when is now. I'm in a pretty great season of growth in the Word, and it's really been exciting and fun and super interesting. I have a few opportunities for this growth, and they are different and enjoyable because they are different. I have a Bible study. I've been doing every fit class I can. I'm in a small group where we've looked at different ways to study the Bible, and I've remained current for the first time in my life with my year-long reading plan. First, my Bible study. This is where we read a chapter or two per week, and we dig in. Some people might laugh. I like maps and looking at pictures of where things occurred. I like looking at definitions of words that I assume I know and understand, but upon further investigation, there's more meaning behind them. Words like ransom, you can look it up. 
I put the most effort into this activity. And I have my favorite Bible verse that I can quote because of my Bible study time, which is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Amen, right? Next, this fit class role I'm on. Uh, life of David, life of Paul, Hebrews, Old Testament, life of Jesus. I'm signing up for spiritual gifts, and I'm probably forgetting a few. This is the activity where I just kind of sit back, soak it up, and learn. I don't investigate, but rather listen to the teachers. My small group has been fun because we're looking at different ways to study the Bible, like the SOAK method. And finally, my year-long Bible reading plan. This is where I just relax and read. This is where I find out I am amazed by Esther. I like the word naphtali, even though I know it means to suffer. I just like saying it, say it, naphtali, it's nice. And this is where I understand Psalms so much better because I can put it into the context of David's life. Early on in this journey, a friend of mine told me to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and the ability to hear and understand what God wants me to understand. I asked and the Holy Spirit said, well, alrighty then. So as I said at the beginning, the reason for my baptism is pretty straightforward. Preparing for this testimony, I just kept thinking of Acts 22:15, where Paul is recounting what Ananias told him. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. That's exactly how I feel, and I can't wait to get to the lake. Wait, what did God say? All righty then? What did... The Holy Spirit said what? Well, all righty then. Come on over, Lisa, and dig us out of this well, all righty then hole. I just am not sure. That's right. Okay, never mind. Come on up, Lisa. Everybody say hi, Lisa. Hi. Hi, I'm Lisa Moser. I grew up in a Christian home, going to church every week. Um, I followed the same path as I became an adult. Looking back, I never saw modeled by my parents or my church family or experienced a personal relationship with Jesus. The God I knew was very rule-based and strict, making me feel like I could never live up to what was expected of me. I never felt God's love. I assumed that was for the pure, perfect people. I felt the best I could do was try to be a good person. I spent my adult life trying to win the love of men, friends, co-workers, employees, employers. I felt that empty spot in my heart. I never felt good enough to deserve love. I always felt that I had to earn it. I found that if I worked extremely hard, I could win the affection of my employer. I focused most of my adult life on working extremely hard and winning the affection of my employer. Then my employer got purchased by another company. Regardless of how hard I tried, I couldn't win the love of my new employer. I was devastated and I was demoted and I felt completely lost. I always knew God was there waiting for me. However, most churches I visited made me feel judged and not good enough. I started attending the Vineyard Church about five years ago. For several years, I kept waiting for my husband to follow my path. Finally, one Sunday, my uh, pastor Mark said, what are you waiting for? My answer is my husband. It was then I realized that I was allowed to make my personal journey on my own. I signed up for all the classes that I could and joined a small group where I saw for the first time women with great personal 
relationships with Jesus. This made me want the same and to do more. I dive deeper and have my own personal relationship with Jesus. I realized that I had made my job or other people my idol. I changed and made God first priority in my life. I can say today that I have heard God speak to me and that I have a personal relationship with Jesus. God's love brings unspeakable peace and comfort, even in troubled times. I just want to know my sins and wash clean and receive more of the Holy Spirit and to keep growing and diving deeper with Jesus. Everyone say, hi, Amber. Hi, I'm Amber. Um, when I was 13, I made the decision to follow Christ and was baptized at that time. Throughout middle school and high school, um, I created what you would consider a Christian bubble. As I, at 18, I joined the military, and you could say that my bubble was popped. Um, between 18 and 26, my life had a lot of bumps. But I believe I've always been a Christian. The life I lived, you couldn't tell. I fooled myself that my drinking and partying and being promiscuous days were okay, but because I was still a Christian. I met my husband when I returned from Iraq in 2018. And at that time, though we lived a party life, he desired a closer relationship with God. That encouraged me to be a godly woman or want to be a godly woman. We've been married nine years and have seven-year-old twins. In 2017, I recommitted my life to Christ, but I have hesitated being baptized for a second time. I'm glad for Pastor Mark to share that he has been baptized more than once, and that has helped me come to my decision. Going to the baptism class, Jamal reminded me in Matthew that it was said, I baptize you with water for repentance. I have a lot of sin that needs to be washed away since I was 13. So as an adult, I am making the decision to publicly announce that Jesus Christ is my Savior, and again, I ask him to be the light that guides me. Watch this video, and then we'll hear some more testimonies. Today, I tell my friends, my family, the world, that the old Adam, the old Jimmy, the old Crystal is dead. I have been buried with Christ. My sin is gone. Nailed to the cross. And paid for. By the blood of my Savior. Of my Jesus. Today, I declare that by God's relentless, unfailing grace, I am forgiven. I am free. I am you. Everybody say hi, Justin. Hi, good morning. Okay, had a hard time writing this in the moment. So this is what I have. Uh, at a young age, I remember attending Sunday school and the getting re ready each Sunday morning for church. Um, I have three brothers. Our mom would help us dress properly, and dad would help us slick our hair back. 
Um, my parents separated not long after this, and my brothers and I moved to Indiana with, with our mother. The relationship with my father grew very distant as the years went by, and the church uh, went from the norm every Sunday to hardly ever. Uh, I've always felt strongly that I needed to make a real change to get back to this and to attend church again and build a relationship with Jesus again. After I married and our girls were born, this change became a must, and my wife and I, we were determined to find a church to get them started on the right path. So we began, we began attending the vineyard on a regular basis here on Jackson Road. Um, I've always believed that things happen for a reason and that God has a plan for all of us. And as my spiritual life grew better, uh, my broken relationship with my father also grew better. My dad was actually planning to come up for a visit this last week and meet our girls, but unfortunately he died unexpectedly in April, so that never happened. I know he would have been so proud of my family and I for getting baptized as church was such an important part of, of his life and his growing up. Um, I know Jesus has made my life better in so many ways, and this was just one, one area, and I know I'm finally ready to give my whole heart to him. And thank you, Jesus. Everybody say hi, Lucy. I'm getting baptized because I believe that being with Jesus will allow me to have a happier life. And I trust that Jesus will guide me through it. Awesome. Good job. Hi, June. Hi. Everybody say hi, June. Here you go. I think, I think my life with Jesus will bring me peace and happiness. I trust Jesus to be with me. Good. Everybody say hi, Hannah. Good morning. I felt Christian my whole life. I was baptized as a baby, went to Sunday church, and had a family who believed in God. However, it wasn't until I became a mother that I truly realized I should have gone before Justin. <laughs> my walk with Jesus. Vineyard Worship and my mighty mom's small group helped me strengthen my relationship with him through learning more about scripture and a lot of prayer. It's brought me peace and a connection that eases the stresses that I can sometimes let overwhelm me. My favorite verse is for Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. My walk with Jesus means surrender and recognizing that I can trust his path for me rather than controlling it all on my own. My Christian walk also means that I can experience joy and thanksgiving in any circumstance because I can trust that he's always there with us. Awesome. Come on over, Ethan. Everybody say hi to Ethan. I started going to church when, when I was four. I accepted Jesus in my life when I was seven. I am a son of God. I want to get baptized to, the, to be a disciple of Jesus and follow him. Awesome. 
Are you nervous, Connor? All right, good deal. You're the only one. Hi, Connor. Everybody say hi, Connor. I first started going to church when I was five. It was new to me. I didn't want to go to my class at first, so I went with my little brother. As I got older, I saw people getting baptized in church. I wanted to. After I accepted Jesus in my heart, but I got scared. As time grew on, they had another chance to get baptized. So I decided this year to get baptized at Lake Bless and to have some fun. I want to be more like Jesus, so I'm making that decision. That's awesome. Everybody say hi to Connie. Hi. Uh, just a little bit about me. I grew up in a religious home. I had the best parents a girl could ask for. I was adopted at four weeks old by these loving, caring, and Christian parents. I grew up living and breathing church. I was dedicated as a baby, accepted Jesus in my heart at a vacation Bible school at about nine, and baptized at 12. I was a part of multiple missions trips to Matamoros, Mexico, and learned to appreciate everything we had. At 18, I got pregnant. Obviously not the best news for a girl's parents who loved me no matter what, but it was upsetting to them, as it should. I had my daughter at 19. In fact, she turns 24 this week. I got a bad taste in my mouth when I had to publicly ask the congregation for forgiveness or having, for having her out of wedlock and could not dedicate her until I did. Fast forward a bit, I met a guy. I worked two to three jobs and church wasn't my priority. My daughter always went with my parents, but I was usually busy working. I was abused by this man. I left him. A little bit after that, I moved to Texas, raised my daughter, and worked. We attended a Southern Baptist church down there. I always taught her that God was a very important part of our lives. In 2009, 2010, I met this guy. I fell head over heels. We moved in together, but I was abused. I was verbally abused almost daily, mentally abused constantly, and physically abused often. He even lashed out towards my daughter and mistreated her. Sorry. I left him a few times, but always came running back. He had that control over me. I even had to quit working. I had my two boys, and in 2013, I went back to school for a second time. I graduated in May of 2015 with my second degree and became a certified medical assistant. I started my career. I worked long hours, took care of him and my boys, but I was always accused of cheating on him when I worked long days. I was even being timed to go to the grocery store. Six months later, in September of 2015, I woke up that Sunday morning and couldn't walk. He refused to take me to the ER and went golfing instead. I was hospitalized for two weeks, but it took six long months of doctor appointments and three surgeries later till I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, sarcoidosis and neurosarcoidosis. I was abused even more then. I used a walker to get around, and that became his new thing to abuse me with it or throw me over it. I'm proud to say that after multiple attempts and being caught trying, I left him for good on January 15, 2017. I will not say it's been easy living disabled as a struggling single mom. We have our moments, and I'm also dealing with an emotionally hurt nine-year-old. We were invited by my friend and her husband in May of 2017 to attend the vineyard. The worship songs were amazing, and Pastor Mark captivated my attention, and we have been coming ever since. I was able to get a spinal cord stimulator implanted in October of 2020, I can say I am walker-free, enjoying being a single mom with my two boys and my grown daughter. 
I'm always teaching my boys to be disciples of Jesus and spread his word, kindness, and love. I'm proud of my boys for taking this next step. Noah's strong enough to leave this abusive situation. I have been lying awake at night these past two weeks, preparing for my boys to be baptized and helping them with their testimonies. But God is telling me that it's way past time to forgive their dad for the many years of abuse and torture and control. Being abused, controlled, and put down for seven years is tough, but walking away from my sons makes me furious. He's not been a part of their life for three years, which in turn is a good thing because of all the drinking and drugs. He chose that life over being a dad. God is telling me to forgive, to let the past go and start new and fresh. I'm getting baptized not only because I want to start a new season and show my boys how important this is to wash away my past sins and my hate. I'm ready to move on, to forgive them for the abuse and abandonment of my boys, although it's one of the hardest things for me to do, let go of the past. I'm ready to fully reset my mind and my life to fully living for him. So today I choose to wash my sins away, my hate, blaming myself for staying, and continue my walk with God. Everybody say hi to Morgan. Before accepting Jesus into my heart, I was skeptical about religion. My grandparents brought me to church, but I never really had a connection to what I was being taught. A role model in my life didn't take religion seriously and told me that I didn't need God. I stopped going to church and started suppressing my emotions. I felt empty, alone, and life felt monotonous. My mom has always tried to nudge me into Jesus' direction, but I was scared. We started going to church together, and I found Jesus. After deciding to get prayed for after one of our service by Pastor Mark, I had never felt a connection with God like that before. I started praying on my own and started looking forward to church on Sundays and finally got the courage to change my life for the better and accept Jesus into my heart. Since then, church is something I don't feel like I have to do and I get to do. Jesus has helped me with doing, dealing with my emotions, my relationships with my family and my friends, and has got, given me the reason to live life with happiness. Ava? Hi, Ava. How's it going? Are we nervous? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just say hi to him and then I'll read it. Just walk up there and say hi. Hi. <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay, get up here and stand and I'll read it for you. Are you sure you don't want to read it? Okay, here's what Ava writes. I want to get baptized because I want to give my life to Jesus. I feel happier and I want to learn more about Jesus. Is that right? All right, there you go. Now say bye. Bye. Say, <laughs> you want to stay here? No, I want to go. Okay, that's fine. This is Natasha. Everybody say hi to Natasha. Before I committed my life to Jesus, I suffered with anxiety. I have been blessed to have family members to be, uh, that introduced me to Jesus at a young age, but it wasn't until I began to read my Bible that I truly understand the power of Jesus had in my life. Since I gave my heart to Jesus, I uh, suffer a lot less with fear and anxiety. I have been able to control my temper better, and I feel I've been a better mother. Jesus has brought me joy into my heart for bringing peace to my heart. Great, Natasha. Thanks. 
Hi, Aurora. Everybody say hi, Aurora. I never really thought about getting baptized until it was brought up in Connexus. After the leaders explained everything, I thought about it but wasn't fully sure. I came to the Monday baptism class and wanted to get baptized, but I didn't think I'd be getting all the way wet. I knew I could swim, and I knew it would help my relationship with God. It just made me think. Then my table was given the sign-up sheet, and I quickly decided, how deep can the lake be? I'm pretty tall, anyways. And I checked the yes box, and now I'm about to get baptized with Jesus more in my life. That's great. Everybody say hi, Alyssa. When I was younger, I went to church, but I was young and I did not understand. My mom's disability stopped us from going after a while. When I got older, I wanted to build my life with Jesus again. But before I had the opportunity to, um, some things have happened. When I was five, my dad had a heart attack. I did not understand what was happening at first. I was scared and confused because I was young. But then last year, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. That hurt a lot. I shut down for a while. I would not leave my house or anything. But then I started to go to church again and give my life to Jesus. I knew everything was going to be okay. I gave my life to him, and I felt free. He has made my life better, and I am just starting to learn his word and live it. But I know life from now on will be so much easier, reassuring, and loved. Everybody say, hi, Kendall. There you go. I was sinning all the time before Jesus saved me. I learned to accept Jesus at the community center with Seth. I sin less. Are better. I sin less. What? I'm doing. And I'm doing better. I'm making better choices. I'm making better choices. Thanks. Since Jesus is in my heart. Awesome. Great job, Kendall. <laughs> Jessica. Everybody say hi to Jessica. Okay, I'm a little nervous. This is my testimony. I have followed the Lord off and on most of my life. It hasn't always been easy. I married young and had my first child at age 18. Uh, my husband was an alcoholic and was mentally abusive from time to time. In 2018, he left us after our second daughter's first birthday. That day... The three of us, um, my daughter Jennifer, Jasmine, and I, became homeless. Our church at the time, Epic, uh, paid for us to stay at a hotel for a few days while they called every agency trying to find us a place to stay. Um, after a few days, we had a room at the women's shelter in Elkhart. We stayed there for a while and then the homeless shelter in South Bend. We were there for a year or so, and then finally God opened the door uh, that would save our life and set us back on track. Hope Ministries. We were there for two years. While we were there, God brought us so many good people into our lives. 
He healed our hearts and helped us get back on our feet again. This is the first time I've ever been on my own. It's scary, but I know God is with me. We would have never made it without you, Lord. Thank you so much for your forgiveness, love, and mercy. Thank you for making my heart beat again. Awesome. Jennifer? Everybody say hi, Jennifer. May 17th at Monday night dinner, Seth was telling the story about the lost sheep. That night, I felt like the lost sheep. Seth said Jesus can save lost sheep. And I thought to myself, I want to be saved by Jesus. I am that lost sheep. I went to Seth and told him I wanted to be saved by Jesus. After that, I felt freedom. Everyone was so happy for me and cheered me on. It made me feel safe. I realized I found my family right here at the community center. Jennifer, 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 Jennifer. That was so fast. Did you I, just read it again? Just so slow. So, just so just. I'm like you were. That was so good. It was just so fast. And is that too much pressure? Yes. Oh come on, Jennifer. Okay, go ahead. It's so good. May 17th at Monday night dinner. Seth was telling the story about the lost sheep. That night I felt like the lost sheep. Seth said Jesus can save lives. <laughs> and I thought to myself. I want to be saved by Jesus. I am that lost sheep. I went to Seth and told him I wanted to be saved by Jesus. After that, I felt freedom. Everyone was so happy for me and cheered me on. It made me feel safe. I realized I, realized I found my family right here at the community center. Okay, Better? good job. Great. <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer, come back. Okay. I won't. It was just you, Jennifer. Hi, Katie. Everybody say hi. Katie, I will not ask you to do it twice. Just so you know. Even if I say it really fast. Even if you say it really fast, I will not. Okay. Well, I might. Okay. Oh, don't do that. So everybody say hi to Katie. <laughs> hi. My husband told me not to point him out, but he's right there. Uh, <laughs> I was born and raised in a Christian family in a church that didn't really believe in baptism, so I didn't really think about it or feel any different than the rest of the kids I was with growing up. Uh, then when I was seven years old, I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and it kind of threw a wrench in all the things I thought I had figured out. So instead of turning more towards God, I turned away thinking, how could he let this happen to me? And it took me a while to figure out that it was something that he blessed me with and not something that he was trying to use against me. And then by the time I figured that out, I thought it was too late to get baptized, and then I heard about the baptism class and Lake Blast and all the excuses that I had made in the past uh, for some reason or another didn't apply anymore. So here I am. Good up. Thanks, Katie. Okay. Everyone say hi to Ethan. Hi, Ethan. I gave my life to Jesus um, last July. And before I gave my life to Jesus, my life was a lot different. And since I've given my life to him last July, I've been living for him. And life is a lot happier and just a lot easier. Awesome. Thanks, man. Hi, Carly. Everybody say hi, Carly. 
My life before I met Jesus Christ was not the the best. I was following the wrong path and wrong people. How I how I encountered Jesus is I st I started by by the first step in following my brother, then read the Bible and praying for help. I was nine or through ten when I repent and realized I needed a savior. When I first dedicated my life to Jesus, there was a huge change, and I felt more confident and happy with trust to speak to someone who cares. Who, who, when I was with Jesus, I felt much better than I was before. I loved when I was able to talk to someone and who listened and cares. I hope you do too. Good job. So Allie's going to be up here. She's a little nervous, and so Jamal, I think, is going to read Allie's. But you can't hide behind Jamal. You, you have to at least front. come up here and stand. Yeah. So Jamal's going to read. All right. This is what Allie wrote. I grew up in a somewhat Christian household. My grandpa, mom, and brothers weren't very Christian. However, my grandma was always a Christian, okay. and she went to church every week. So I learned a lot about Jesus from a pretty young age. However, I always struggled with my faith. I always knew Jesus was my savior, but temptation always beat me and I gave into sin. When I was 11, my grandpa died and I slowly strayed away from God and went into a dark, pl dark place. I was always angry, doing bad things, depressed, sinning, and a few years later, at 14, I started going to church more and more and gave my life to Jesus. I realized he was my savior, even though I still struggled sometimes. But ever since, he's brought me peace. He's brought peace into my life. And I want to get baptized as a symbol that I gave my life to Jesus and in obedience to him. All right, everybody say hi to Shelby. Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, I was baptized as a baby, not knowing what it truly meant to be baptized. I have always known that I've had a relationship and belief in the Lord, but was never a devoted follower. In short, I did not know what it meant or felt like to hear and follow God's word. In the summer of 2020, COVID, I experienced abusive events that changed me forever. I was trying to be in control of every aspect of my life, not listening to the Lord, rebelling, disobeying, sinning, all of it. In the end, he still came through to me. He really saved me. Despite all the Lord had done for me, I was still not aware or educated on what it meant to fully trust in him. I really changed nothing of my life to be devoted to Jesus Christ. I was still living in my old ways and taking my life into my own hands, trying to figure everything out myself. I would get gut feelings, but ultimately ignore them. Little did I know that that was the Lord. Spring 2021, I had reached my breaking point, a full-on mental breakdown. Uh, it was then that I heard the Lord loud and clear for the first time. He said, I've got you. You have me. Come to me. It was that simple. I've learned to trust in him. He has plans for me, and it is my job to follow. I'm his daughter. He knows the way. I have felt a relief since choosing to follow the Lord. My journey is only beginning, and I am ready to live my life for him. Everybody say, hi, Kendall. This year, I decided committing myself to Jesus was something I needed to do. 
Jesus has helped me get through many things in the past that I couldn't have done alone. Since I've dedicated my life to Jesus, I am experiencing so much more joy and less more fear of moving on, of moving forward with my life. I have never felt more connected to Jesus and want to continue with my heart full of his love. That's good. Everybody say hi to Josie. Right. I grew up in a Christian home and was saved at a young age. In my early 20s is when I started to get serious about my, my relationship with Jesus. Before I turned 20, I was living in rebellion. I don't quite understand how, but God's faithfulness calmed my rebellion. It was this calm wave of God saying, hey, no more, that's enough. And my life just started turning in a new direction. Um, the biggest thing I learned from that time in my life and up until I leave this earth is that God is faithful when I am not. And now I want to live my life in faithfulness to him. That's good. Good job, Justin. Cameron. Everybody say hi to Cameron. All right. My name is Cameron Clark. This is the second time I am getting baptized. I feel the Lord is calling me to do so so I can come back to him because I was losing faith and I lost who I was as a person. I know that this is the only way to be saved. Trust in the Lord. I am also. I also want to say thank you to Jesus, my beautiful wife, and my mom for not giving up on me and leading me to God. Tim, everybody say hi to Tim. Hello, my name's Tim, uh, and I was baptized uh, last October here at the Vineyard. But I'm here today getting rebaptized because the Lord has put that on me. And I have uh, been living with a partition up. I thought I had given 100% to the Lord, uh, but I have not been living. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I had not given. I thought I had given 100% to the Lord, but I have not. I have been living a lie to myself and the Lord. Instead of allowing the Lord to take over and guide me, I am still been living in the flesh uh, and doing things my way instead of the Lord's way. I know that you cannot fix the flesh with flesh. You fix it with Jesus. So I'm here today committing 100% of my life to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Romans 6, 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we may to live a new life. Awesome. Okay. It's, we're going to stay right here in this moment for uh, a minute. Uh, just so we don't get distracted, could you uh, bow your heads for a moment and just listen, maybe close your eyes. Because chances are, in the midst of testimonies, we get a great glimpse into who God is and why we have a need for Jesus. Because we hear stories of our tendency to 
create separation between us and God. We hear stories about our tendency to do foolish things, stupid things, sinful things. We hear stories about our tendency to be uh, empty or sad or depressed. And I think those stories uh, are meant to give us a glimpse into our incredible need for a Savior. Life does not, life is hard even with a Savior. Life is pathetic without God in the midst of it. And so before we go on and do just a couple other things, uh, I wanted to pause and create space for anybody in the room who right now knows I want God's activity in my life. And I'm not talking to those of us who may just want a little more of his activity, but you realize you need, you need a Savior. You need Jesus. And so before we go on, I'm going to ask that if you, if that's the cry of your heart, that you would do something bold and courageous and you would stand up where you are and come up here to the front and we as a church are going to pray a blessing on you that you might have a vibrant relationship with God through Jesus. So now if you'd like, you, can, you don't have to keep your heads bowed, um, but is there anyone in the room who is like, I think I get it and I want to have sto a story like those people have a story of God's activity in their life. If that's you, why don't you just stand where you are? It won't be that difficult. You just kind of have to lean forward in your chair, stand up and walk up here. We won't make you pray out loud or tell your story or anything like that. Is there anyone in the room who's like, I want to, yeah, come on up. Thanks, appreciate that. Anybody else? Anybody else? And we're just going to pray a prayer for you. Chances are in a group this size, there's probably others. I feel like I uh, should probably say uh, whether you're young or whether you're old, if God is calling you, you should not say no to the God of the universe. It's going to be a very sad, I think there'll be some regret in the transition into heaven because people will they will not do what God asks them to do because they will be afraid of their own reputation. Because they'll be, they, like God will call someone who is 66 years old, and right now, it could be it's happening now. He's like, you, I've been calling you your whole life, and you never would respond. But now you're 66, and you think, oh gosh, that w I, it would just be embarrassing because I'm supposed to know what's going on because I've been around you. If that's you, you should make this make a decision now is better than never making the decision. Does that make sense? So anybody that's really old need Jesus today is that I'm telling you that it's a pitiful reason to go to hell because you're worried about what people think about you in this moment. That's just a bad it's just a bad reason. So anybody who's six, sixteen, thirty-six, sixty-six, hundred and six. 
Anybody else? Yeah, are you responding? Come, come on up. Yeah, that's wonderful. Come up. This can be a recommitment. Yeah, you, you look really good for 66 years old. I'm telling you guys, like, I really thought it, it is there anybody else? I mean, I don't mean to make light of it, but, it, but sometimes, you know, it breaks the tension. This is just real life. Okay, I'm going to preach for just a minute. This is just real life. How you know we do not do well without God? And if we think we're going to make it without God, we are deceived. Not going to work. And so the, the smartest people in the world are not people with a lot of letters after their name. The smartest people are the, in the world are people humble enough to know they need God's help and Jesus Christ is the answer. That's the, that's the way it works. So, and if you have a PhD, DD, we're happy for you. But the best, the, the best thing in the world, though, you know, is, is to know that we need God. Last chance. Anybody else want to get in on this prayer? Yeah, come on up. Anybody else? Yeah, job. We got some. Come on up. Oh, gosh. It's exciting to see young, smart young people, too, as well, right? So you guys, come, come over this way. Just Jamal, bring them right over here. Pastor Kathy, if you can be here. Pastor Steve, you guys want to come up? We're going to pray for these people. So, God, we pray for your, we know we know, we know, God, that you're a God who interacts with us. You try to pull us toward yourself. And so we thank you for this group of people today that you, in the midst of all the things you're doing, God, you're, you're in charge of the whole world. You're taking care of so many things, but you at the same time are so close to each one of these people that you tap them on the shoulder or you pull their heart and you say, I love you. I want relationship with you. I want to help you. I want to use you. And so we pray for this group of people now. By the way, if you're in the church and you know some things about prayer, if you'd like to extend your hand this way, hopefully you're not just listening to my prayer. But we as a group of 100, 200, 300, who knows how many people are watching, we ask for the Spirit of God to come, for the blessing of God, for new life, hope, all the things that God brings to us. We ask for it in Jesus' name, in your life. Amen. Amen. If you guys could go right over there just for a second. They've got, uh, they've got opportunity for you to encourage and, and so, or I don't know, however you guys want to do that over there. Um, we, uh, what time is it? What time did this service start? What time did this start? Oh, you think I really know? I actually don't. It started at 9.50, so we've still got uh, a few minutes. So I'm going to make up a sermon. Here's how this is going to go. Actually, I'm not going to make it up. I have a couple ideas. There's about six people that are really sad because they thought church was over, but it's not quite over yet. And I was thinking about this today. I do want to talk for just a couple minutes because for those of you that are new at the church or visiting the church, Part of our prayer is that you might even become part of our church, uh, especially if you don't have a great church. Here's a little side sermon. You ought to get in a great church. Now, our church is not perfect, but, but we try really hard to do good things. And so you should get in a great church. If there's a better church down the street, get in it. But if you don't, can't find one, this is pretty good. You should come here. Because what we try to do is help each other live for God, 
understand God, receive his grace in our life. We do not do well without God. And so we're just a bunch of people trying to figure it out and follow God. Uh, For a little mini message, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the symbolism of baptism. Because this afternoon, again, there'll be 50 people getting baptized. And it is not, God is a deeper thinker than just, well, let's come up with some ceremony with some water and do this as part of a religious experience. There are deeper thoughts and meaning behind the symbolism of baptism. Now, at our church, we, we ask some questions. We take them all the way down in the water and come up out of the water. And what I want to do is talk about three things uh, that baptism means. Or, or what is it about baptism that's important? Uh, I guess I can start with a little humor. I found this meme where baptism was a little bit confusing to at least. Here's what a little kid apparently sort of thought in a meme. This is apparently uh, she had just experienced infant baptism. It said, so she's talking on the phone. So today in church, a guy in a dress tried to drown me. And I kid you not, my family just stood there taking pictures. There's deeper meaning than that. And what I want to do is give you three kind of answers to the question, what is baptism about? And uh, this can help us as we, many of us, watch baptism today. We can think, oh, there's symbolism. Uh, It can also make the baptism for the people getting baptized a little deeper experience. And it also talks about some basic things if you're curious about following Jesus. The first idea is baptism is about our need for a spiritual bath. It's about our need for a spiritual bath. Um, I think most of us understand eventually in life the idea of our need for a physical bath. Hopefully. I was talking to some parents last night at church, and they were talking about this. Never mind, this is not in my notes. They had some kids that they were hoping eventually would realize the need for for a physical bath. They weren't into it quite yet. There were some young people, and they didn't care. But as we grow, we understand there are times that life and physical activity, like it's really important to get a bath. The other day I was, uh, I, I think it must have been a day off. My wife and I had done some work outside. I had gotten up, showered, and got ready. We went out and did some work. Felt, and you know what? It's been humid. Anybody felt the humid? And so, I don't know, midday I was like, oh, gosh, I got to get a bath. So I remember taking a kind of a refresher bath, and then uh, later in the day when it's time to go to bed, I remember crawling into bed, and I don't remember what all I had done, but I needed another one. So I needed like three baths in a day. Just an honest confession, I actually just tried to power through and just go to bed yucky. I thought, no, I'm tired. I, I can do it. And I'm like, I cannot do this. I, I needed another bath. And I'm going to transition to spiritually when we're on our game, God has given us a conscience, and, and deep down, even those people, I would argue, who would say, it's all good, deep down, when we do sinful things, we know it's not all good. Does that make sense? Even though sin, at times, promises this is going to be a riot. Then you get involved in it, and although the Bible teaches that there's a moment of pleasure in sin, but but afterwards there's a thing called conviction. 
And most of us experience that. We think, man, this sexual thing, we're going to, this is going to be great. But then afterwards, we feel a sense of guilt or shame or I didn't honor that person or I know that's wrong. There's an internal thing, voice, that brings conviction after we lie. Now, a side note, if we live in sin over time, the Bible teaches that we can end up with a calloused heart. And eventually, we don't even know it's wrong anymore. But most of us have had the experience where we realize, this is bad. This, and we feel spiritually yucky, gross. And it, that is a gift of God that it might point us or draw us to the reality of, God, I need a bath. And symbolism, because it's a, I mean, I'm sorry, Baptism, because it has to do with this water thing, part of it is, it is it's a symbol of the grace of God which gives us a spiritual bath. Isaiah 64, 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean. The New Living Translation says it this way, We are all infected and impure with sin goes on to describe we are like filthy rags. And the great news of Jesus is he comes and he says, with most of the time with kindness, I think he's, he sees us, he communicates to us, and somehow he says, you're, you're, he doesn't just say, gosh, you're a dirty mess. He says, gosh, you're a dirty mess I can wash you. And that's part of the symbolism of uh, baptism. I do want to hit one little point. We cannot clean ourselves up spiritually. Can't do it. The sin that maybe you committed yesterday or the day before, you can do nothing today to clean yourself up for that. You can be sorry. You can, you can ask forgiveness from the person. But sin, when it creeps out into the world, there's nothing that takes that away. We can, oh yeah, we'll do this. Here's a, Hebrews 10, we're looking at some verses that we don't look at a lot in the Bible. It says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his, performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice. This is talking about a religious person doing religious things, trying to fix the problem. And it goes on to say, which can never take away sin. You can't put your keister in a church pew enough times to erase or wash away. I just said keister in church. Did you catch that? You can't put your keister in church and say, well, because you did that immoral thing or because you lied or because you've ignored God your whole life, if I just sit in a pew 36 times, then I'll be washed. No, you won't. You will just have sat in a pew. What you've got to have is someone else, his name is Jesus Take away your sin. He took all the gross things that we've done and put it on himself. His death was incredibly gross, painful, yuck, sin, horrible. And he went through that to take away your horrible stuff. It's about our need for a spiritual bath. Second idea, baptism is about a decision to trust him. This is an easier point. When these people this afternoon, they'll stand between a couple pastors, a couple leaders, 
and we'll ask them some questions, and then they'll lower them back into the water. And there is a moment there, whether they think through it or not, they are trusting those people, right? They're, gonna, they're trusting them to go back in the water. How many of you have ever spent significant energy trying to keep someone from dunking you in the water? So today's bizarre. People will just go, dunk me. And what I'm, I'm saying, this is a picture of a follower of Jesus. If you decide you're going to follow Jesus, one of the best things you can do, and one of the most loving things you can say to a Savior is, I trust you. I trust you. This might seem scary. My life seems scary. This relationship might seem scary. Our finances might seem scary. My physical problems might seem scary. But we say to God, God, I, I trust you. I trust you. Symbolism is a baptism. I'm sorry. Baptism is a symbol of trust. The last thing is baptism is about a believer's beautiful future. So at the end of, after someone's baptized this afternoon, they'll go down in the water and they come up. And a lot of times, not all the time, and it's okay if they don't, they'll come up and a lot of times they'll like, yes. Or they'll give hugs. Or in the picture here, this young lady is like, whoa like that. It's like coming out of the water into this new thing. Yay! I didn't drown. It's great. I'm coming up. It's good for me. All that stuff. And I would say that, submit to you that this is a picture of, the, of what most of us, we, unless Jesus comes back, we will experience death. And death is being put down in a grave, arguably you're down in a grave, and at some point, because of the forgiveness of Jesus, we will come out of the grave to eternal life. In Romans 6, 4, it says, we were buried with him, that's a reference to Jesus, buried with him through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, see, here's the symbolism, Buried with, baptism, buried with him and through baptism. And just like Jesus was raised from the dead, we come up out of the water and it represents our future resurrection, eternal life, where it'll be even better than coming up out of the water. It'll be exciting and wonderful and forever. So those are a few things to think about as we walk through baptism this afternoon mini-sermon. Um, we're going to do a closing song. So if the worship team would come forward. And why don't you stand in honor of a God who loves us and who sacrificed his son for us and who interacts with us. And we will worship. Let's pray. Father, we got a couple minutes here to honor you. You are worthy of our attention. You're worthy of our lives. I thank you that when we're all messed up, you come and you not only make us aware of our sin, but you offer us cleansing. And we trust you, God, a bunch of us. We trust you. And we're grateful for you and grateful for your interaction in our lives. 
And so we finish our time by worshiping you with this song and trying to giving, just trying to give uh, uh, credit and honor to Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.